Welcome to the Baxter Adventures Podcast. Here we discuss multiple topics such as hunting, shooting, fishing, and anything to do with the outdoors. Enjoy the podcast. Alright, welcome back to the Baxter's Adventures Podcast, everybody. And it's going to be back. We had a two-week hiatus there. And that was just because, well, the first week was because school needed to get, school comes first, you know. And then the second week was because that Friday I was elk hunting. And as the title will go, we're going to be talking about that elk hunt today. So I guess we can kind of jump down or jump right into it here. So to kind of open things off, um, it was an elk hunt for my mom, so she was the shooter, and the whole family got to go, and it was out kind of northwest, northwest Nebraska area, so out, out over there, and so it was basically, we'll get, we'll get a date here, but it was a Friday through Sunday hunt, so the October 1st through the 3rd was the date. So, just last week, basically. And so, kind of give a, a um, kind of play-by or a, a walk-through of the hunt. And then kind of talk about some features and stuff. What equipment we kind of brought that worked well, you know, and stuff. And kind of put it out there first. None of the companies sponsor this, so... I'm not paid to say anything about them. So if the product's good, I'll, I'll let you know if the product's good. So kind of to begin with the hunt, um, Friday we kind of just used as a scouting day. So we got up there, I don't know, 5, 6 o'clock-ish, somewhere, one of those two times. And basically right away we went out and scouted to see kind of what was out there. And it got dark, I don't know, 8 o'clock, maybe. I can't remember when sunset was. So we had about, or maybe only like 7.30 or something. So we didn't have that much time. I know that. Maybe an hour and a half. So probably more towards, you know, it was 6 o'clock. Get my times made, but made mixed up. So maybe a 8.30 darkness. Anyways, so we went out. We've seen some elk out there. Seen some bulls, young bulls, um, and some cows. And kind of the place we went, they kind of have other animals. So, like, they have, like, different rams. So, like, mouflon. Um, can't think of all of them. They got fallow deer, sicka, buffalo. I think that covers everything they have out there. So, we've seen, seen all the animals. We just didn't see any any elk worth kind of kind of taking a look at or trying to get a look at and so they kind of roughly knew what was out there what was out there to be be gone after so we weren't totally going into it blind and so then Saturday woke up early and then got ready to go out and then we went out after it um, right away in the morning we seen a decent decent bull but passed on passed on him and and we kept kept going along 
and we can, ran into a decent sized group of bulls and cows, probably the same ones that we've seen the night before, and it was pretty well in the same spot, kind of out on this flat, and nothing in there, just one kind of decent bull and a bunch of young bulls in there, and so basically, kind of what I did, or my, my goal, my job was kind of walk the bottoms and stuff, walk trees, and try to push anything out so they can see it, so we walked this one area, and actually the cool part is I found this odd skull. I just happened to look off to my right. <laughs> I was like, dang, this thing's kind of cool. Take it, take it with me <laughs> type deal, and, you know. Um, but we walked this, walked this um, one finger, and, it was, and then just got done raining a few days prior or whatever. So there was some deep kind of mud, mud puddles and stuff where elk would be smashed around and stuff well you know walking there walking through there i seen like where like feet were for elk and it just looked like surface kind of water where like they just kind of mashed it down a little bit step in and then it went out about went up to the top of my boots and i luckily had waterproof boots on you know and it was one of those right as you step in you start freaking out that my feet are gonna get wet you know but because that I can handle like clothes getting wet and stuff, but like when your feet get wet, that is honestly the worst part for me. Um, so yeah, you know, got done walking there, met back up with them, and so we decided to head to this next spot. And we get out on the flat, and we were kind of walking along. We seen seen the big herd of buffalo kind of on the west west side out in the flat. You know, and we kept kept cruising around, and then we spotted some elk out in front of us, kind of scattered about. You know, we were looking them up and down. You know, one really nice bull, which was a four hundred class bull, but like that's not what we were going for. You know, we were kind of going for like a three, like just under four hundred. You know, but it's like it was really cool to see that. Um, that racket of bull, you know, out there, and it's like, dang, that'd be a nice animal to have, you know, and when we seen two, we seen two younger bulls fighting, and and when they're fighting, they make a just crack every time they hit, I mean, it was loud, you know, we were like, we were ways away, and it was like, just, like, you knew, like, if you were like behind something, couldn't see what was going on, like you knew what was going on out there because of how loud it was. Also another point to point out is it was just the tail kinda of getting to that tail end of the rut form. So we were still hearing bugles and stuff and it's like I've never heard that out in the wild, just on T V shows. Granted I've only went elk hunting one one time prior, so that was really cool to hear. And we kind of seen them, and we were going, kept going west. Well, we seen this group of bulls together in the trees, and we spotted a nice seven by seven bull. And just a little bit earlier, they they told us there's this eight by nine bull, which is really wide and stuff, not very thick um, beams or anything, but he's like 
it's a really cool bowl, you know, so I kind of was like, hey, let's, let's try to let's try to go after that one and stuff. So we've seen it, and it was like, if we can't find that one, this is probably second best, or like, let's, let's go after this one. So we didn't try to push them around too much. We just kind of let them be, and then we kept heading through, and it's getting, I don't know, close to close to lunchtime, like eleven ish, um, and we're we're just kind of making a making a circle basically, and we didn't see anything other than two cows off on their own, and so we got back, ate our lunch, and kind of made made a plan of let's let's really try to kind of walk these bottoms and stuff and. See if we can't can't jump him up or see him or something, you know. And so we we hit that hard trying to trying to find him, you know, just searching bottoms, just making noise, trying to see if we can like jump him up out into a flat and then see him later. And it got about oh three thirty ish maybe four four o'clock maybe ish, and we kind of. Got back to the back to the cabin again, and I was like, you know, that's when it started setting in of, and this is Saturday. Granted, we only had, like, Sunday morning-ish, but I had to get back to Lincoln to do schoolwork and stuff and kind of prep for this week because I had exams and stuff. So, you know, it was kind of like we really don't want to get into that Sunday because... We got to get home and stuff. So it was kind of setting in of, okay, you know, we may never see this 8 by 9 bowl, which was crushing to me because it was like, and I was like, I'm one, I love walking and stuff. So I was like, you know, and it's like, these these are the guides. So it's like, you, you can't fully free do whatever you want, but I was like, I felt like just being like, let me walk through all these bottoms and stuff and really just hit these bottoms hard because we know he's not out on the flat, you know. It's like, let me start at one end, kind of just cruise because there's, like, a creek that runs through that kind of branches off and stuff throughout there in that bottom. So I was like, let me just cruise that bottom bottom river line and stuff and see if I can't jump him up, see something down there, you know, type deal. But it's like, you know, you, it's not my hunt, you know, got to, just do what I can. So it was like, you know, let's let's go back, get that 7x7, seven seven, which is, granted, was a really nice bowl and stuff. So I'm not saying a 7x7 seven seven is bad and stuff. So we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to cruise back there, see if he's not still back there, and get on him. You know, so we, st- we start dropping down in the bottom because you got to go through the, through the creek up and over. You know, so we start dropping down in there into the bottom to take a look at him. And as we're going down, we see this bowl playing in the water. And this, like, it's like a, I don't know, almost like a puddle, but like a decently kind of big one and deep just, just on the other side of the creek. And we're like, okay, kind of, kind of size him up because it's like, and it's like, you know, we could pass up this bull and tr- 
because we're like the seven by sevens back there and that was the second best one we wanted so we're gonna just get back there and you could get back there and he's gone and you not find him the rest of the night and so we get so we get down in there and kind of looking him up and it's like okay this is a decent six by six pretty heavy six by six from just binocularing him and stuff so we're like okay you know and we're kind of watching him there is two other bulls with him but smaller bulls and a few cows with him you know it's like we're kind of in a bad spot well it's like then then we finally decided okay let's just let's kill this bull so as soon as we decided okay we're gonna kill him he kind of walks behind this it's almost like a hump basically and then kind of a level side with us well it's like and then a bunch of trees in between us. Well, he got behind the tree in that hump, and we're like, man, we can't see him. Well, this other bull was kind of just kept swinging on us. We're like, okay, we got to kind of stay out of sight of the bulls and the cows so they don't spot us and spook. So we're like, okay, we just got to wait. Hopefully he, he either keeps coming around or he comes back in, in on the left. You know, And he finally keeps walking to our right. And he finally comes out, and we get it set up and ready. And she takes a shot, bang, hammers him, hits him hard. You know, we're, you know, and granted, you know, the old the saying I've always heard and stuff is with elk or like moose or whatever, it's like with them being so big, it's you keep shooting till they're laying on the ground, basically. So bang, hits him once, kind of. Kind of does one of those like, man, what the heck, what the heck just stung me type deal, you know, and then, and kind of walks a little forward, you know, and then we get repositioned, bang, hits him again, and then at this point, you know, he's like, man, whatever it is, kind of, kind of keeps running up and gets gets on this top, so we get swung around on him. Well, she only can shoot off sticks. Well, you know, my dad was having her. Like, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll hold the gun. We're, we're kneeling. And, and then you're watching her, and it's like swinging all around the end of the muzzle. You're like, man, she ain't going to hit him. <laughs> you know, bang, miss. And it's like, that gun's only a three-round three round magazine. Well, it's like, I got the backpack on me, and shells in the in the top of my backpack. Well, it's like, crap, now it's a scramble to open up that box, open up the bag, open up the box, start put around in chamber it you know well by the time we got the box out ready to go he he tipped over you know and it's like okay we can we can kind of kind of relax and stuff but then we get up on him you know and and it's kind of one of those of they said it was a seven by seven you know once you got him, I, i'd say you know like different people have different like requirements of what makes them a what what considers a point and and it's like you know my dad's like if you can put a ring on it it's a point and it's like me it's like it's kind of gonna be a little little taller so like in my opinion it was a six by seven but in like true terms he's probably a seven by seven you know but real thick beams and stuff on him or you know and it's like one of those things 
different bowls look different and stuff and it's like you know the, the time leading up to this hunt it was like what 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 do i want to see in a in a bowl that i like better and i was like man do you want like thicker or do you want more points or like and like where do you want the points do you want more kind of being in this front or do you want them where he's like really branching off on his back you know type deal I was like, I was like, I don't know. So like, when we were judging them, you know, previous days, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what I like in a bowl, you know. So, you know, we get up on him, and then we're looking. Okay, where'd she shoot? Well, well, actually, I was carrying the gun. Well, I was like, they didn't realize they had my elevation turret because they're exposed turrets on the scope. My elevation turrets were turned up. It was three quarters of an MOA. And then I looked over, windage was turned. I think that one might be a half MOA or something, but it was three clicks again, whatever. If it was a quarter equals a click or a half equals a click, doesn't matter. I was like, man, you guys got to pay attention, you know. And because then we were looking at him, her first shot, she about went right over top of him or even clipped his spine. So she was high. And then, like, the second shot was right in the boiler room, and the third, like I said, missed, so, you know, and then it's like, once you get up on those animals, like, it is truly amazing to see these things are monsters of, like, size. It's just like, holy cow, there's a lot to this thing. And, like, just looking forward to my future elk hunting and stuff it's like man when you get one down you got a lot of work if you have to pack them out a long ways and luckily where we were we could get a four-wheeler down there with the trailer so we can just load them up on the trailer and get them out we don't have to pack them out and it's like there's one corner in which you do have to pack them out because you can't get a four-wheeler down to it back in there to it so you know they're always like we tried to avoid killing one back in there. I was like, man, I want to kill one back in there just to experience packing them out because I was like, it's it would be good for me to learn to pack it out. And so we get, get some pictures taken and stuff. And it was kind of a special one because it was the first hunt we did since my grandpa passed away. So it was kind of sentimental from that point of you know, we knew he was watching over us and enjoying the hunt, you know, because he loved going hunting and stuff. And so he, we busted out his old jean jacket for the pictures and stuff. And it was cool because, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it was always, you know, when we go deer hunting, you'd always go to his house. And, and, even when, like, his legs stopped working, he'd still wait in the truck, you know, you get back in the truck, or, like, when he just had to stay at home and stuff, it was always cool, you know, you brought him back, brought him back to the deer, he'd come out and look at him, you know, it was just special, so, you know, that, and, so, yeah, we got it back, and, because we're, we're doing a full shoulder mount for it, so it's like, okay, you know, we took it to the locker, you know, got it caped down, got got the skull off and stuff, and then started processing the meat and stuff. So we already got 
the stuff to the taxidermy, so it's probably a year wait because just how backed up, like, the tanneries are, which is, like, it's hard to believe, you know, COVID has really screwed that up, and so then we went, and then Nebraska football was playing, so it was, like, you know, get back, sit around the campfire eating dinner, listen to Nebraska football on the radio, and then Nebraska wins, so it's, like, man, it's even better, better of a weekend, you know, and then woke up Sunday, got everything packed up, ready to go, and then headed headed home. And so that was basically the whole hunt, you know. And so now I kind of want to go into the different equipment used and how well it worked. So I guess first we'll go into the gun, which was the 6.5 PRC that we just bought in May or whatever it was during COVID. So we, we didn't have ammo until this summer and we're able to shoot it and dial it in and we were running the Hornady 147 ELD match bullets on it and we shot it was like a 50 yard shot it was really close and because I was like me and my dad were talking before we're like I was like I kind of want to see if that bullet stops in the and the elk, I want to see what it looks like in there. You know, I want to kind of look at the damage it does and all that. And get a picture, okay, is this a good bullet? Because once I'm able to get components and stuff to reload for it, I want to think about pushing those 156 burgers in it. So, But I still want to run those 147s in my Creedmoor. So I was like, if they don't perform well, then I'm not going to waste my time in loading up Creedmoor bullets in them so I was like you know it's a really big test you know so we were looking around in it and it it went in it didn't exit which is what you want to see from the standpoint of if it fully passes through that means the bullet didn't dump all of its energy into the animal so you want it not to fully pass through but like you want to kind of feel it on like the other side of the skin or the hide or whatever. You don't want it like where it stops like mid chest. You want it where it fully goes through the body, but not like out of it. Cause then it means it dumped all of its energy in the animal and it did its job. So we're looking and I don't know. I wish I had a thing on my desk as a good kind of, kind of example, but it left a, a massive hole in the lungs that second shot, because the first one was high, that second shot left a massive hole in the lungs, where it was like, that thing expanded nicely, but, and it didn't pass through, but like, we couldn't find it, because, you know, once you get all the guts and blood and stuff pulled out, you know, we're like, it, it could just be laying down in there and got pulled out with all that stuff, and we were trying to pick through and see what it looked like, we couldn't find it, but, it, you know, just looking at the damage it did, we were like, it did its job. You know, so I was really impressed with that bullet for an elk, you know, because like I knew, okay, it'd work on a deer because the deer's smaller, thinner skinned and stuff. So it was main, is it a viable elk cartridge? You know, and I'd say, I'd say it did its job, you know, so then kind of moving on to the scope. Um, the only thing 
I'd change about that scope is, and I don't know what happened if it just, just from kind of getting rubbed around, if it turned or somebody turned it or whatever. I don't know. I can't say because I wasn't the one using it and hauling it around. But maybe I know some scopes have where you, you lift up the turn, turn it, smack it down so it, it can't be turned. But, I mean, it's granted, it's nice because it's got your zero stops. So even if it does get turned a little bit, you can always crank it back, flip it back. So that's just something we got to remember with it is like, hey, check it every so once in a while or whatever when you're hunting. You know, and maybe that's just their um, unfamiliar, not being familiar with it. (laughs) Couldn't say that word with it so not understanding what to do and what to look for um so the gun worked great um kind of some other equipment we took we took binoculars um really like the binoculars we have they're 12 by 50s i think by vortex and they worked great you know clean glass on them you know you could really see what you're looking for and stuff um had a rangefinder, but didn't use it all that much. Because, like I said, we got like 50 yards where it's like, okay, just put it on it. You know, because like her, it was like, okay, we want to try to stay 150 and below. Like, the max we want to push out her out to is like 200 yards. So, like, we really needed to know that, but it was like, we got 50 yards from it. Okay. <laughs> Type deal. Um, I really liked I got a pair of brand new boots for this season. And so I... I I broke them in just around here in college, and then I took them with me for that hunt. And I actually have the box laying right here. They are Lacrosse Atlas boots, and they are 800 grams, which might seem like a lot. And you know, it was only it got up to 70 degrees, 75 degrees or whatever midday, and they're water waterproof. So midday, so some of you guys might be like saying that's that's some heavy boots for this kind of hunting, but it's like for me, my feet don't sweat as much, like they won't get as hot. Like I know, like my dad and stuff, he needs lighter pair of boots for this because his feet will sweat and stuff. But like me, I hunted in them and I walked like I had nine miles by the end of the few days we were there, and my feet were fine, comfortable. I mean, that still needed a little bit more breaking process because, like, they didn't bend like I wanted to going downhill. But, and I stepped in, like I said, that deep puddle, and my feet stayed dry other than a little bit of sweat at the end. But, like, they stayed dry because I was worried that, like, it, some boots, if it, they're not, like, from tip or, like, from bottom of the foot to, like, however high up they go on your leg they're not always waterproof but it was like I can't I can't remember how high it went but like to the point that water went they stayed they were waterproof so I was really impressed with those and really enjoyed those um that's about all I got for equipment I think I don't think I'm missing anything so oh and we actually did record, take pictures and stuff, and I'm going to try to make a video sometime whenever I get free time. I don't even have 
the video footage with me. So I'll have to get that sometime because it's on the cam on the video recorder still. So I'll have to sometime download that and then, which is back in my home, not here in college. But that might be a I don't know, a long break process or whatever from college type deal. You know, I don't don't really have the time to do it during a day or whatever. So you guys can look forward to that video. Um, you're gonna see that we we caught that the two bulls fighting on camera and the other different we caught that four hundred class bull on there and a bunch of other bulls on there and some of the exotics like the rams, the um access, the fallow deer caught on there. So should be a should be a good video once I'm able to get it out. And that's just if you guys wanna look for it on Baxter Adventures at youtube.com. Uh I think that's all we got for today's episode, guys. Hope you guys did enjoy and I will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Baxter Adventure Podcast. As always, like the podcast and follow for more episodes. And make sure to check out our YouTube channel, at Baxter's Adventures on YouTube.